It's Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. Before we do, we have another question for our quiz. And reminded everybody, we have a new little motto here for all those who like to play the quiz for bragging rights. What we want you to do is state it or star it. If you're talking to Producer Shell, just let her know that you're playing this week for bragging rights. If you are sending a text message, put a star on that text message and we'll put you down for bragging rights. We want everybody to be participating in the quiz, as many as possible. So uh, we miss it when some of you guys, you know, it's just sort of like, Fade. Fade. And we're like, where did they go? Because obviously, like, we have the policy here at Faith FM that there is a month, a month cooldown period of when you can win the draw again. But we still want you to play because playing the quiz is amazing. But, hey, let's get into our fourth question for the quiz. What did God say through Isaiah that he would restore to the Israelites so that they would be called the city of righteousness. This is a multiple choice question. So what did God say he would restore to the Israelites so that they would be called the city of righteousness? A, trials and tribulations. B, golden riches. C, judges and counselors. Or D, peace and prosperity. I'll read that one more time. What did God say through Isaiah that he would restore to the Israelites so that they would be called the city of righteousness? A, trials and tribulations. B, golden riches. C, judges and counselors. Or D, peace and prosperity. 0491064669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And you will go into the draw to win the Reinder Bruinsma, the three books that we have on offer for this week. Keywords of the Christian faith, I have a future, and he comes. Amazing books to share with people, to read yourself, awesome devotionals that give us some perspective on who Jesus is and how he relates to our life. Ah, great stuff right there. Okay, let's go to text messages and let's see what you had to say about the first part of the show. Lawson kicked the show off with a story about the benefits of cold. Mm. This person says, that is why you should finish your shower with cold water. Very refreshing, invigorating, with lots of benefits. As Lawson mentioned, I've been doing it for over 30 years. Wow. So someone's put it to the test, and obviously they're doing well for themselves. Absolutely. They say, they continue on, they say, I find it impossible now not to finish my shower with cold water. It just feels unfinished. I have a friend who, okay, I, okay, I you love, I, yeah, yes, love. <laughs> I love showers. I yes. love showering. Honestly, this is, this is probably the, this, maybe, I don't know. Ah. This is why I, the world is, say this? this is why the world is going down the tube. This is why Australia That's has right. a water That's shortage. Right. This is why uh, fossil fuels are being consumed is because Lawson has long showers. That's right. Like seriously, like I would say, dude, the ultimate birthday present anyone could ever buy me is to get me one room in a hotel. Doesn't matter where it is. Doesn't matter if literally up the road because I've got unlimited hot water and I can sit in the shower for two hours. <laughs> that, that, would, that is my idea of just the most enjoyable thing ever but, because I love warm showers. They're just the best. But I have a friend who's an absolute psycho and they're like, I just don't like warm showers. I just prefer to have my whole shower cold. Oh! No matter when yes, it is. Psycho. I'm like, you are a psycho. <laughs> like, you have a pro- Okay, yeah, finishing it off with cold water, like doing hot and cold treatment, you know, it's good for the body and everything, but just saying, no, I just like having cold showers. I want to see them the do that in Wisconsin. Yeah. Where producer shell comes from. In the winter. In the winter. Yeah, wow. Well. When it's like nine, minus 50 degrees outside. Yeah. 
Yeah, That's then. ridiculous. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, the husband of a friend of mine is having a hard time about wanting to go to heaven because we won't have V8 supercars there. <laughs> I found it so funny because we will travel at speeds of thought in our visits to other galaxies. Well, the Bible doesn't actually say that, but I don't doubt it. Mm-hmm. I also don't doubt that while we may not have V8 supercars in heaven, we will definitely have technology. Yeah. We will work with technology. Human beings were created to be creative. Human beings, you know, the, the antediluvian human beings, they created all kinds of technology. This was a master race. Mm. God created us to be a master race. And so whatever that technology is, and there are certain things that men enjoy. Let's just, sure. let's just, just, let's sure. just face it. And there's yeah. a bunch of women as well, but it's just the sound of a V8. I don't know about the sound. I'd like to drive one. <laughs> the feel of that, of that, of being slammed back in the seat. Yeah. The satisfaction from having built that engine and uh, now being able to drive it down the road. And, you know, these are experiences that God created us to have these kinds of experiences. I'm not going to say that there's going to be V8 supercars in heaven. I'm saying there is going to be technology in heaven. And we are going to use that technology. We are going to experiment with that technology. We're going to learn. We're going to build things. The Bible is very clear. We're going to build houses. So if we're going to build houses, why wouldn't we build machines? Yeah, that's right. Some people have this idea, well, you won't need machines because you just, you know, speak and it's done. And what's the use of machines? And okay, I'll tell you the use. If, if God made it, if God made us like him to the point where you could just speak and it would be done, life would get boring. Mm. But no, this no, will be in, in heaven. We we have purpose. We'll do amazing things. Actually, that kind of reminds me. I, when I was seventeen years old, studying the Bible through for the first time with someone, and we did a study about heaven and how amazing it would be. And I I literally said to these people, I'm like, oh well, you know, I think of like heaven and as a place that would just be amazing and perfect. And and my mind immediately goes to like, if I was in heaven, I, I'd want to be driving a Formula One car around Barcelona, like the the racetrack there, is that going to be in heaven? And they were kind of like, uh, um, well, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard. Like, we'll have something better. And I truly, like, now I, I just reflect that. And I was like, just so young. But that's the reality is yes. we will have things that we will thoroughly and genuinely yes. enjoy. Yes. And that will be amazing. And for people that enjoy technology. And awesome. And for people that enjoy loud things, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, a lot of guys things like things are just loud. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's what's cool about a jet engine is that it's loud. That's what's cool about a V eight or a superbike. They're yeah. loud. So we, what's cool about a big cannon going off? It's loud. That's right. You can't say certainly this will be in heaven, but what no. will be in heaven is Jesus. Yes. He loves us. Yes, and we will be able to have a fantastic, amazing, awesome time. Absolutely, we will. All right, the communist state of Victoria. I like that conversion bill. Are Victorian hillbillies? The leaders are totally depraved people, obviously demon possessed, in need of exorcism. How long are the people going to take this? Um, Western Australia, all ages, sex show, pedophilia for the people. That is sick. What's next? Gladiators in sport arenas and wholesale murder of Christians? Question mark. Sometimes you've got to wonder, don't you? Mm. Uh, then in relationship to yeah, both of those two people, this was the story in Victoria about Fiona Patton and Daniel Andrews. 
Both of those two people are wicked. Mm. That's from Margie. And then moving on to more positive ones, uh, Braden says, I love going for walks in the country in the pre-dawn to dawn hours. The fresh, cool air is amazing. That is by far the best time ever to go walking. Mm. And then we have this one, Dr. Justin Jackson, exercise, walking for health of body, mind, and spiritual well-being. Do letterboxing of spiritual booklets and flyers, and we'll fix all of the above. Evangelism while walking, the best of both worlds. Go for it. Absolutely. Okay, let's jump into our Bible study, and let's find out what our Bible study is going to be all about today. We have a passage of Scripture to read, and it is found in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. Oh. Uh, you want to quote it from memory? Uh, how are you? How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will be like the most high. No, he I says a few you. He says a few things first. Yeah. He's like, well, you finished first. You got above- verse 12 done. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. Just, you just try to do the whole passage now. Yeah. <laughs> but you nailed verse 12. Absolutely nailed verse 12. And so... Uh, Classic. This, this week's lesson, we're going to talk about love. We're going to talk about rebellion in a perfect universe. And this is interesting. One of the things that I find is that there are a lot of parents who beat themselves up over the fact that their children are not with God. And uh, we need to remember that our children have freedom of choice and we live in in an imperfect world. Mm. There are lessons to learn. Hindsight is a wonderful teacher and we should learn those lessons most definitely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Okay, so we need to learn those lessons from, you know, we look back on our past and say, okay, I can see where I made mistakes in raising my child. Mm-hmm. I made them here, 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 and here. Mm-hmm. These are the these are the mistakes that I made, and this is where I went wrong. That's a good thing. We wow. all made mistakes. Mm-hmm. I gave my children, when they were in high school, a smartphone. Mm-hmm. It's the worst mistake ever. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. It's a form of child abuse. Mm-hmm. So we can all look back and learn from our mistakes and we can share those lessons with others. Mm. But at the same time, we live in a broken world and let's say that you are literally a perfect parent. Mm. You are, let, let, And this is fantasy, I get that, but let's, let's just fantasise for a moment, okay? Let's fantasise that you are a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. And you never make a single mistake in, you know, as if like like if Jesus had children, mm. he wouldn't be able to find a perfect wife. But <laughs> um, so so it's we're just we're just theorizing here. But if Jesus had children, he's a perfect guy, and then he would raise his kids perfectly, and they're coming from a perfect person, so they would also be perfect. That's that's essentially what we're saying. But if they were born with a human nature and lived in a world of sin, Mm -hmm. would perfect parents be able to raise sinless children? Mm. No. And when we think about the fact that, you know, that would be, it's incredibly challenging for imperfect parents to raise children. Mm. 
And yet if we think about God and we think about God in the universe, Mm -hmm. before sin entered the world, we have a situation where there was no imperfection. Yeah. And God has children. He creates his own children. Mm. And uh, there is no sinful nature. Every single one of them has a sinless nature. There is no sin to see, no sin to mm. behold, no sin to observe, no sin to be affected by, no sin to even start the process of sinful thought. Mm. Just doesn't exist anywhere in the universe. And in that perfect environment, God still lost one of his children. Yeah, well, he, he lost a lot more than one in the end. Well, in the end he did, yes. Yeah, but that's such a good point. Like, It's like, oh, okay, if, if God is perfect and then even his children sin, like, and, and speaking specifically about Lucifer here, who made that decision to sin, to, to go away, from from perfection from perfection which is incredibly sad but it's interesting it's like oh do you know like oh we can't all raise perfect children i think we all recognize still like it's a parent's responsibility to raise their kids um, and to do the very best job that they can. That's right. It's, this is not an excuse to sit back and say well it's an imperfect world and my kids you know if they choose to stuff up then they that's their choice. Mm. That's not what the bible is trying to say the bible is is, is indicating here that we should endeavour mm. to do a perfect job of raising our children. Mm-hmm. We should recognise that we won't. And we should also recognise that those children will have their own free will, which is entirely separate from our free will. Mm. All right, so there's, a, so there's a bit of an introduction to... Uh, what we've got here. Okay, so let's talk about free will for a moment because and, and talk about creation. Why is it that Lucifer was created with the power of choice? Mm-hmm. I mean, what a disaster that has been for the universe. Mm-hmm. Look at all the pain, the sin, the suffering, the injustice that our world faces, all because Lucifer was given by God the power of choice. Yeah, well. Why do such a thing? Why not just make it so that Lucifer was a perfect being that couldn't sin? Yeah, I think it's a pretty straightforward equation that we often quote and it's just basically the point is like, oh, if you don't have free will, then there's no love. If there's no agency, if there's no choice, then there's no love. But I I feel like it's important to reflect on because that's incredibly profound. Like it proves that that God is loving the fact that we have free choice and, and agency to choose. And essentially, yeah, God being the perfect parent creating perfect kids gives them enough agency so that they can even make choices against him. And the unfortunate, you know, reality of, of our universe is that one of them did. Indeed. Indeed. Mm. Okay. And well, let's go to another passage of the Bible here. First John chapter four, verse eight. So first John chapter four and verse eight. And I think this is going to be key to our understanding of the passage today. Is it, yeah, for those who say that they love God but do not love. Is that First John? No. God is love. You're thinking of First John 2. Oh, mm, oh you might be on no, the right thing. No, I was, I was, I was saying the right okay. thing. You're saying the right thing. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to turn there. I'm going to turn there. Yeah, we're going to read it. It's it's the, the passages 
God is love. Uh, but First John chapter 4 and verse 8, the Bible says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And verse 16. And verse 16, where the Bible says, We know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Okay, so some pretty powerful passages here where John is emphatically stating that God is love. Mm. Okay, so if God is love, then why allow Satan? Why why allow why allow Satan to have the freedom of choice? Because I mean, without that freedom of choice, mm. then we wouldn't not be in the mess we're in. Yeah, you know, God is loving enough to allow Satan to have freedom of choice, but also us as well. I think. You know, if we reflect on what took place in heaven, Satan decides to rebel, and as a result, a third of the angels leave heaven with him, and then he comes to earth. Now, Satan had the opportunity, God, Satan had been given by God the opportunity to prove his claims so that it could ultimately prove that God is loving. Like that, yes. hey, he's given freedom to me. I, I'm going against his freedom. God has given me the ability to prove what my freedom and agency to go against him, what the outcome is. Yes. Uh, and I think that there could have been two outcomes to that scenario when he comes down to earth and tempts Adam and Eve. The first one is Adam and Eve say, Satan, like, we don't care. Like, we don't care about what you say. We know that God is loving and we know that God is good. Look at everything that we have. Look at everything God's done for us. And as a result, the universe would have learned through that decision anyways that, like, through that decision of Adam and Eve to not follow Satan, the universe would have learned that, oh, yeah, God is God is love. Like, that would have been affirmed and it would have proved that Adam and Eve had a sound enough understanding of that to to move on and we just move on and satan eventually and his followers get trapped into this corner where no one actually agrees with them and then judgment would take place and and that's it but what what we see happen that makes it even i think infinitely more clearer is that god is so loving um that he gives agency to everyone to prove how going against him <laughs> would lead to sin and death like God is so, and again, I think all of this needs to be put into the backdrop that, oh yeah, God also provided a solution to death and sin that we have chosen. But as a result of this whole great controversy, this choice that Satan has made and our, us as humans have made to go against God and to sin, it's like it proves that God is true. It proves that God is love because if there was no sin, there would be no death if we had have just listened to God. So we can recognize, okay, if we did the right thing in the first place, tick, God is love. Secondarily, God is doing everything to save us from the consequences of this. So yes. another tick, God is love. And and oh, how is God doing everything? Is, you know, he... Like, what does that look like? Oh, well, God values us more than he even values his own life. So, God, so then you could even say, you could go so far as to say, God values our freedom of choice and our agency, our ability to reciprocate the love that he gives to us. He values that more than his own life. Therefore, God is ultimately loving in this most ultimate sense. Because as the superior being of the universe, he enables agency to those below him. Yes. 
That's that's just the truth of the situation. It's the greatest gift that has ever been given to us. That's as right. Beings. Is is the gift of choice. Yes. And through this experience, how is it that God is loving reflected through the fact that there's sin and death? Uh, through it, we get to choose God and ultimately see that He has chosen us. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. A couple of text messages come through, but before we head over to those, we have another question for our quiz, Lawson. All right, another question for the quiz. Here we go. Our final question for the quiz. In Psalms, what measured difference does it say that God has removed us from our sins? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. You can win our amazing set of devotional awesome books for this week by Rainer Brunsma. Keywords of the Christian faith. I have a future and he comes again that number is 0491-064-669 and that question is in Psalms what measured distance does it say that God has removed our sins from us? 0491-064-669. Okay, heading to text messages, back to that story about Dan Andrews and Fiona Patton. Paula says, The world is in big trouble when people in power, like the likes of Dan Andrews, has the power to pass laws which call for common sense and morality when clearly his moral compass is off. Mm. So he doesn't have one. Uh, then we go to Braden who says, We will definitely have fun things in heaven. Example, God might have a planet that is dedicated to the best Wet and wild water, water world in the universe. <laughs> Somebody likes wet and wild. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in heaven it won't be a big toilet. So praise, praise <laughs> no, God. No, praise God. God. I've been flushed down that thing. That is actually absolutely fun. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, I, totally, I love it. Like yes. water parks are the bomb, but let's just recognise it's also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go. Let, we won't go there right, for the sake of breakfast. For travel at the speed of thought, that happens now according to Scripture. But who is to say that continues past the close of the era of sin? Mm. Once we're in heaven, we have all eternity. Who's in a hurry? Mm-hmm. Who in the universe is in a hurry? This is a valid question that has been asked there. Love to know whether someone's got some thoughts or some clarity on that one. Yeah. I think it's one of those things. I, I think traveling at the speed of thought is maybe an overestimation of our ability in heaven. But then at the same time, yeah, I'm like, maybe I not. don't know. We don't know. Like, the don't Bible know. doesn't say. The Bible doesn't say specifically. And then what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Raphael says, perfect parents, the Godhead raised Lucifer perfect, and still look what happened. Speaking about the Godhead, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the Godhead. Mm-hmm. Because that passage that you just read, First John chapter 4 and verse 8, let's just, just review that again. First John 4 verse 8. It says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. It's the most powerful verse in the whole Bible on the Godhead. Mm. Don't yeah. you think? Sure. Yeah. I agree. Okay, how is the powerful verse on the Godhead? Because I'm trying to I'm trying to trick you this morning. You're like, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I understand. I I get I get the role the road uh, you're driving down. No, well, essentially, like before anything was created, yes, before anything, yes, we know that the Godhead existed. Yes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yes, uh, as co-eternal persons yes. in the Godhead. And so how do we know that God is love? Well, he himself experiences sacrificial love, self-sacrificial love within it of himself. 
because he himself is not just himself, but three in one. So therefore, yes. God is love. Okay, that that was that was good. Wow, good trick, Lyle. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I'm sure the listeners out there would agree. Okay, so let me let me put it this way. I'll, I'm going to state the, exactly the same thing, but slightly different. Okay, um, love mm-hmm. by its nature by its nature cannot exist in itself, but must be expressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's okay. That's what the Bible study said. I just read that out of the Bible study. Yeah, profound. Because it was profound and it was <laughs> a simple way of stating it. So let me let me read that again. Love by its nature cannot exist closed in itself but must be expressed. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if there is no if there is only one single being, love cannot exist because love cannot exist where love is not expressed. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that God is love. The Bible says that God has always existed. Therefore, we know this. The Godhead, as three distinct persons, has Mm. always existed because if the Godhead existed originally as an original being, i.e. God the Father, and that somehow Jesus was begotten and became a recipient of life from God the Father, so there was a time when Jesus was not separate from God the Father and that the Holy Spirit is an in inanimate force, then you can go back to a time when love did not exist. Mm. And if you can go back to a time when love did not exist, then you have gone back to a time when God was a tyrant. And if God was once a tyrant, what is stopping God from being a tyrant again? And then God is not love. That's right. God is just loving, which is something like within Christian circles, it's always like, oh, God is not loving. He is love. And what does that mean? That he has always been co-eternal. Yes, because that means he has always been love. He yes. isn't a. For example, Lyle, you are married. Yes, and you have kids. Amen. When you were born, you were by yourself. Like as in, yes, you are. You don't. There are not multiple people with no within you. You are a single person. So when you were born, particularly as like a broken, fallen human being in a broken, fallen world, fallen world. When you were born, were you love? I was loved. You were loved, but were you? Loved. No. Uh, I'm not loved. Love. What, like, could you categorize yourself as like, yes, when I was a baby, I was love. No, I was selfish. No, you're you're I a selfish baby and in a sinful world. That's like, right. Feed me now. But this is the amazing thing is that now as you've grown up and you got married and you have kids, you have the potential to be loving. Yes. Of which you have. Yes. Praise God. And yes. now you have kids as a result and they have kids too because they're also experiencing being loving. But... In and of themselves, they are not love. Whereas God, God is, is love. God is love. That's right. So He has to be so an, an aspect that is that is different from us. So yes, you are absolutely correct. He has to be co-eternal Godhead, or He cannot be love. Mm. All right. Where are we heading to next? Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse eight. Ah, oh, I love this verse. I can't remember what it is, but I just know that. You know you I'm, like it. I'm super into it. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus Christ. Oh, of course I know this verse. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I know this one. I just couldn't remember it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And James chapter 1, verse 17. James 1, 17. Oh, it's the other direction. James 1, 17, it says, Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes. 
or casts a shifting shadow. Okay, so how much does God change then? Not at all. Not at all. And yet when we look in our world, we see these interesting contrasts. Mm. And so, and, 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 and we see these, you know, you've got rose bushes that have beautiful flowers mm. and thorns. Mm. You have a toucan bird, mm. which is really quite weird and spectacular at the same time. Yeah. Uh, that then flies around, lands on somebody else's nest, sits there, eyeballs the chicks that are defenseless and can't do anything, and then one at a time rips them apart and eats them. Yikes. Uh, you have human beings who are capable of kindness one moment and can fly into a rage and do Unbelievable acts of violence the next. Yeah, produce a show when we don't shut the doors of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we come to God, when we look at nature, we see all of these schizophrenic contrasts and we see human beings that will flip and flop all over the place. The Bible says God does not change. Mm. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He always loves love. He always will be love. And we can trust God's love. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Oh, you're with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson here this morning. We have finished the quiz. We're going to have some answers followed by question of the day. All right, answers for the quiz. What was the nature of Mephibosheth's disability? He was lame. He could not walk. Uh, in Acts chapter 16, Paul was forbidden to preach by the Holy Spirit in Asia, in the parable of the vine dressers, they beat up, they beat up the first servant of the vineyard over. What did God say through Isaiah that he would restore to the Israelites so they would be called the city of righteousness? When a lot of people go for D, peace and prosperity, but it's actually judges and counselors. Because think of it, you know, they're, they're all acting immoral. The law's been thrown out the window and that's why they're being destroyed. So when they become a city of righteousness... That is what will be restored to them, judges and counsellors. And finally, in Psalms, it is as far as the east from the west. That is the distance God has removed us from our sins. Amen. But right now, it is time for... Question of the Day. Right, Lyle, our question of the day comes from Kayleen, and she asks, When did Lucifer fall to sin, before or after the creation of man? Okay, so when did he? Ha- when did this happen? The answer here, the simple answer to this one is before the creation of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more complex answer is how long before, and the details to that we don't actually know. Now, here's what we do know. We do know that in Genesis chapter 2, we find that God creates man. Genesis chapter 1, you have an account of the creation of man. Genesis chapter 2, you have another account of the creation of man. And the Bible talks about how God gave man Every fruit, every, the, tr- the fruit of every tree that there was in the garden to eat of it, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The reason that tree exists is because Satan exists and it's the only place on planet Earth that he has access to. It kind of makes me wonder, you know, what would our world be like if there was only one place on Earth where Satan had access to today? You know, when you throw sinful human nature into the mix, if Satan was only allowed to be in one tree, it would be the number one tourist destination of the planet. You know that is the case. It's just how human nature works. But how long beforehand? The indication is that it was not long beforehand. 
If you go to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, the Bible says there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought in his angels. And so this was a war of ideologies that is taking place uh, in heaven. Uh, the dragon prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth and his angels were cast with him. Okay, so why did he come to this earth? The reason that he came to this earth, it seems that the war of ideologies was in progress when our earth was created. Our earth was given the opportunity to choose. And because our earth chose Satan, then he gained a foothold. So if no one had chosen Satan, he would have been destroyed. That would have been the end of, you know, at some particular point, the whole sad, sorry affair. But because there was a place that gave refuge to Satan, as in our earth, then, of course, he came here with his angels because he was able to argue, well, they've chosen me, then I can be there. Of course, Jesus brought us back, praise God. Uh, the Bible goes on to say here, and it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. So when you look at this particular passage, the indication is that this was a process, as sin always is. Mm. It starts in the mind of one individual. It then moves to the actions of one individual. It moves to the speech of one individual. In this case, it went from that one individual to a large amount of the angels of heaven who were deceived and came down to this earth with Satan. And uh, having done so, we, we find we, we would assume that this was a process that was taking place up to the creation of this world. By the time the creation of this world came, it seems that this world was the last place that made a choice for or against Satan, and God, as it would seem, has put creation on hold until the whole sorry, sad affair is over, and uh, then he has the guarantee that sin will never come back again because everybody has seen the results of it. So there's a few thoughts on when sin began. We don't really know, but it was definitely before the creation of man. Amazing. Hey! Yes, we've come to the end of the show. Like. We have. <laughs> we're just, we're just here. We're just finishing up. What happened? Well, okay, so here's what we've got coming up. We have Taz Encounters coming up after mm-hmm. this. Uh, Mark Falconer is going to be joining Jason Cook to talk about is Jesus really serious about changing lives? Ooh. Good friend of mine, Mark Falconer, top guy, travelled around the world with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Bible lands tour, Reformation tour, one of the two. Bible lands tour, whichever one. Yes, you were there. And he was there. Amazing. My roommate for much of it. Okay, so they'll be kicking some big goals down there, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Fantastic stuff. As you go through this day, don't forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks 
for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.